0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week, on the Chicago Bears review. With a new pilot at the controls, our beloved take off and head for their first destination of the offseason when new head coach Matt Nagy and general manager Ryan Pace dive headfirst into the free agency period. Can the Bears navigate free agency smoothly, or will they crash and burn like they did last year? All of this and so much more on the free agency preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. we're back what's going on kiddies did you miss me back for the first episode of 2018 and the new season of the chicago bears view the 12th what's going on everybody larity back sorry for the long absence i know i promised to be back at the end of january to review the uh the new 85 bears movie but uh for any of you who follow me on Uh, Facebook or uh, Twitter or anything like that, you might know or remember the screening of the movie (laughs) that I was going to go to sold out. So, uh, you know, I'll be damned. So, I mean, I didn't quite take into account that the, the movie theater that I go to out here switched to those luxury loungers. So there's a lot fewer seats than there used to be when they were just packing us in like sardines. So, you know for all of the luxury loungers those reclining chairs and whatnot that we have in the theater now you know where you could probably get about two 250 into a place maybe you get 110 now so it's a lot easier to sell out for something like that than it probably would have been about a year ago at this time when they were just regular chairs so anyway i didn't get to review the movie uh, i will however um get my when i get my hands on it there was a lot of going back and forth about when it was actually going to come out on DVD, I I believe we settled on the fact that it's supposed to come out this month, like at the end of this month, like March 30th or something like that. Um, so if it does, then, um, you know, that'll be the episode that comes, not next, the next one will be in about, say, two two weeks, maybe three at the most. Uh, the, ref, the free agency review uh, episode will, will detail who the bears have signed who they were interested in where they signed and so on and so forth and hopefully it won't be a piss and moan session like it was last year with all that the bears could have gone after and what they came away with so we're very much hoping that this preview we're going to look at some people and we're going to hit our targets and uh, get some good players so that we can set ourselves up as ryan pace has said many many times and as i you know remember vividly hearing him say because it made so much sense at his uh, his opening press conference when we first hired him back in 2015, which was free agency is a tool that you use so you can draft the best player available, you know, so you can go in and take the best guy off the board as opposed to reaching for need. So that's what we want to do. We actually want to do something in free agency this year. Last year was an unmitigated disaster. I mean, all the guys that we signed. Kendall Wright was decent. Prince of Mukamura when, you know, he, he got, he shook the injury bug early in the season and was productive. Didn't get the turnovers. We probably would have liked, but he was a solid contributor uh, on, in the defensive secondary uh, last year, especially when the other side fell apart so quickly with Marcus Cooper going into the toilet and, and all the rest of that stuff. So, um, you know, and then let's not even get started with Mike Glennon and what a disaster that was. So we're going to talk about those guys here in a few minutes because, you know, the bears are correcting some of those mistakes post haste. So, uh, we'll talk about that here in, in just a minute, but, um, you know, as we dive right in, this is kind of a, since you've been gone, uh, type deal. We haven't talked since the uh, beginning of January. Uh, literally a few days after the season official. Well, actually, I take that back. We waited a little bit. Um, we had our uh, we had our introduction episode on Matt Nagy, and after our watching his press conference, so on and so forth. So maybe this is the second episode of 2018. No, 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 no. You know what? I counted that one as the last episode of 2017. So even though it was in January, I I used that one as a, as a closing of the book on 2017. Firing John Fox and hiring his predecessor would be the last thing for 2017 as we move forward. So this is the first episode of the 2018 season as we embark. So, um, But getting into our, our news and notes, the biggest news happening since the last time we spoke in January after the Matt Nagy hiring, Brian Urlacher was voted in to the Hall of Fame uh found out super bowl weekend he's a first ballot hall of famer which he most deserved to most he was absolutely deserved to go in um first there was a lot of talk about in fact there were probably going to be a couple of wide receivers and ray lewis um you know there might not be room for urlacher on the first ballot but both lewis and urlacher are going in together Uh, along with randy moss and terrell owens and um, brian dawkins the safety from uh, philadelphia Uh, even as a bear fan i have to admit i am very pleased to hear that jerry kramer from the green bay packers the old guard um you know number one a that he's getting in and b that he's still alive to see it you know, he's got to be in his 80s by now. late bird beating the crap out of 70, that's for sure. This is the guy that was in the prime of his career when the Packers won Super Bowls 1 and 2, which was, you know, for those of you keeping score at home, 50-plus years ago now. So, uh, you know, God bless him. He's still around and kicking. He was alive long enough to see himself uh, rightfully get adjust, uh, inducted uh, into the Hall of Fame. Now you just got to cross our fingers that uh, the old guy can uh, – live long enough to uh, to walk the stage and make his speech like he deserves to. So, um, you know, I'm an amateur football historian. You guys have probably heard me say that a few times. And, um, you know, I cut my teeth on Super Bowl history. It's kind of what gave birth to um, the things that I uh, know and love uh, about the game. And, you know, the Packers are the ones that got it started as far as the Super Bowls uh, are concerned. And the great players on that list are some of the greatest uh, all, on, of all time. You know, Bart Starr and, and um, you know, Nagurski. Not Nagurski. Sh- 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 sorry about that. Nitschke. Not, not Nagurski. <laughs> Nitschke. Ray Nitschke and, and all the rest of those guys. So it's uh, it's good to finally see Kramer get in there. And, um, you know, joining Urlacher. Uh, joining Dude, I was so pumped when I heard Urlacher got in you know i was um i was i was sitting on my couch um watching television actually i think i switched it over to sports center something like that and it came across the ticker that urlacher was voted into the hall of fame and i started cheering like i was watching a sporting event on television it was just like brian urlacher voted into the profile yeah you know just real loud like that sorry and uh but that's that's exactly what happened when uh when he got voted in i got excited and You know, it was it was really cool to hear that he was getting in. He's going in with uh, Ray Lewis. I mean, this was the ninth overall pick in the year 2000. And um, he was defensive player of the year in 2005. And quite frankly, should have won it again in 2006, the year that the Bears actually went to the Super Bowl. He was a monster in 06. I mean, everybody remembers how he took over that Arizona game in the second half, finished the game with like 25 tackles, stripped that fumble from um from edger james that you know let peanuts you know run it into the end zone that really got the game going for us there in the second half and and everything that he did to help get the bears to the super bowl in in 06 and uh they gave a pity award to jason taylor who was playing on like the 4 and 12 uh, miami dolphins that year it was ridiculous Erlacher was head and shoulders better than everybody else in in football that year he should have won it in 06 um unceremoniously retired back in 2000 well literally in 2013 or technically I should say in 2013 but uh, retired after the 2012 season Um, we have Phil Emery to thank for the animosity he held towards the organization uh, in the early years of his retirement but since John Fox took over in 2015 openly welcomed Erlacher back into the building and such I'm sure his feelings have softened as far as that goes but uh, played every single down of his career uh, with the Bears, and um, follows a great tradition of middle linebackers for the Chicago Bears in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he makes number four, going along with um, you know Mike Singletary, uh, Dick Butkus, and uh, Bulldog Turner. So it's uh, an amazing, amazing list that he is a part of, adding to the Bears' you know ever-growing record of uh, Hall of Fame inductees. I think Urlacher makes 20. It depends on the list that you're looking at because if you count guys that had Hall of Fame careers that played in Chicago at some point, I think the number is like 29. But if you're talking about guys that played their careers in Chicago, like the majority of their careers, it's I think 26 or 27. Either way, it's still the most uh, in the NFL. And thanks to... Urlacher and Ray Lewis, not only both going in together, both guys played their entire careers for one for one team, Lewis in Baltimore with the Ravens, obviously Urlacher with us in Chicago. Uh, his other inductees kind of, uh, I mean, Dawkins played the majority of his career in Philadelphia. I think he did finish up somewhere else, but we both know that Owens and uh, Randy Moss played for several franchises, so it only made sense that the Bears and the Ravens play in the Hall of Fame game uh in august i think on august 3rd it, it's it they played on thursday now instead of sunday so the thursday before the ceremony as opposed to the ceremony taking place and then the game comes after they play the game first now so in other um former bear news matt forte uh, retired i believe last week um i believe it was last week um retires from the nfl after 10 seasons a second round pick for the bears in 2008 was kind of a dream come true for me with uh with the bears needs after the 2007 season i wanted us to go o-line and get a running back in the second round and i thought that forte was the guy i loved his size his stats you know he was a man amongst boys in lower level division one uh playing for a a tulane you know this is a guy had like six 200 yard games in his in his senior season you know, he just seemed like the kind of guy that, that, would, that would do well in Chicago. And it turns out I was right. So not only did the Bears draft him, but he was so good we got rid of Cedric Benson after another stupid arrest. He was our starter from day one. And he was our starter for eight seasons um, before his, uh, his age and asking price were too high. He went to the Jets for two years and uh, did well for them will any will actually there was some some you know going back and forth about whether or not it would actually happen it was announced that forte will sign the one-day contract to retire as a chicago bear i know no word yet on when that's actually going to happen so uh good to see him be able to come back home and and, and retire uh, officially as a bear much like peanut tillman did um you know previously as well so um now speaking of current bear news as far as guys that are still on the team and and holding that and going with the theme of free agency here today, uh, the Bears announced today, which was the last day that you could franchise or transition tag a player, that they will be transition tagging Kyle Fuller this year. So um, it's it's a it's I guess I like the move. I mean, I, I you know, you guys heard me before say that if we're going to do anything with Kyle Fuller as far as keeping him, we should tag him you know make him play the one year deal prove that he can do 2017 all over again and then if you want to throw the money at him go right ahead and knock yourselves out you won't hear a peep out of me but i, I am not on board with the bears throwing a big money contract at Kyle Fuller and then only to you know have us guarantee the guy like 50-60 million dollars and then for him to go back to his 2015 here one day gone the next form or god forbid his 2016 form where he wasn't around at all. You know, all of a sudden he's got a, he's got a knee that, that, that got arthroscopic surgery, but it was enough to keep him out for the whole season. I, I I much, much bigger fan of one year. Prove it. Deal we will pay you like a top level guy. And you're going to, you know, you're going to stay here and you know, you're going to, you're going to make some money, but you got to prove that, uh, that you deserve the rest of it because, uh, I'm not on board with just giving him the money homegrown talent or not. I'm, I would much rather have fuller prove it to us one more time and show us some consistency, which has been lacking thoroughly in his career than, uh, than to throw money at him after one good season. So I think it's a smart move for the bears. Uh, the only thing that I don't like the transition tag, the difference between the transition tag and the franchise tag is the franchise tag is exclusive. That means nobody can have him. And, um, you know, And God forbid, if if somebody does uh, sign Fuller away, you're heavily compensated. It's two first-round picks to sign a franchise player. Well, the transition tag is the Bears have the right to match any offer that Kyle Fuller gets in free agency, but they get nothing if they lose him. So if they decide that, uh, you know what, uh, let's see, so-and-so wants to throw this much money at Kyle Fuller, that's a little too rich for our blood. We're going to go ahead and decline Uh, to match the offer so kyle fuller goes off and uh you know to greener pastures as far as his checkbook is concerned to whichever team will give him the money otherwise if he stays with the bears it's worth 12.97 million dollars so 13 million dollars roughly if he stays with chicago on the one-year transition tag so there you go so i like the move not a fan of not getting compensation compensation if we lose him but nonetheless it's it's a way that uh, the there's uh it's a soft commitment if you will you know the bears are saying that they definitely want to keep kyle fuller but um you know let them see what's out there first and then if not then you get 13 million with the bears i mean no big deal and then you got one year to prove that uh you deserve you know five years and 60 million with 40 of it guaranteed and uh and whatnot so i mean if a year from now we're like dude kyle fuller actually made the pro bowl give him the man his money pay the guy but after one year, after being in the shadows since about five games into the 2015 season, I'm, I'm not at all on board with with throwing big money at him. So if somebody else wants to give him the money, knock yourself out. Otherwise, we got him for one year and $13 million. That's not a bad deal as far as I'm concerned. So um, speaking of, of um, players that the Bears have – that are officially saying goodbye to um, – Back at the end of February, Josh Sitton, the Bears declined his third-year option. They signed him to a three-year deal right out of Green Bay in, in, in 2016. The third year was a club option, so the Bears them, the, the franchise had the option to uh, pick up the $8 million salary for 2018 or to let him go. They decided that they want to go younger on the offensive line, and Josh Sitton is a, going to be a free agent. Um, Pernell McPhee has also been let go. No real big surprise there. Never really uh, added the spark in the pass rush that we that we were hoping we were getting when we signed him to a five-year $35 million deal back in 2014, 2015, something like that. And um, so he'll be gone. Um, Mike Glennon, not officially gone, but uh, Ryan Pace did announce at the Combine, the Bears would be cutting ties with Glennon when the new NFL calendar starts next Tuesday with the beginning of free agency. I'm sure that has some accounting thing, like the Bears will only be penalized this much if we cut them after the new year starts. If we cut them before, well, it'll probably cost more against the salary cap, and quite frankly, Glenn is just not worth it. So um, joining uh, Glennon on the bread lines, uh, Quentin Demps, after only one year of a three-year deal, is going, has been let go. Uh, by the Bears he played two and a half games got injured in the Pittsburgh game and was never seen again although I believe he was healthy enough to come back as far as his injury of the the broken forearm I believe it was um, the Bears did not pull him off of IR to return to the field so he only played two and a half games for the Bears Jarrell Freeman no big surprise there um, as far as a player I hate to see the guy go but you know he served an eight game suspension while he was out on injured reserve with the chest injury. And, um, you know, he's got more games left of that 10 game suspension because he was, he got popped for PEDs, um, midway through the year. So no big surprise, um, that Freeman is gone. So Josh Sitton, pernomic McPhee, Willie young. That was the one that I didn't like, you know, I, I think we even talked about it before on our last episode that, um, you know, Willie Young is likely to be let go because of his age and the fact that, he, you know, he's in his 30s now. I think he's 31 or 32. I was just looking at the free agency list before we got started here. Um, you know, he's 31, 32, something like that. He's supposed to make like $5.5 million this year coming off of the tricep injury that cut his season short to about four games uh, last year. So, you know... I was kind of hoping the Bears would hang on to him um, you know, for the one more year that he's got left on his deal, um, but not surprised that the Bears decided to to save uh, on that that extra money uh, in that spot there. So it's, um, you know, disappointed to see uh, Willie Young go. I was surprised that we let Sitton go, but he was also on my list of guys that could be let go uh, to help the Bears build on that cap, sap, salary cap space, which I'm hearing is nearing $80 million going into – free agency next tuesday on the 14th so yeah we're gonna have some money to work with um last uh one of the last moves there have been others but the last big move as far as our new coaching staff is concerned is that uh, matt Nagy brought a uh, brought fellow chiefs coach um and former head coach of the minnesota vikings brad shildress on as a quote-unquote Offensive consultant. I have no idea what the hell that means. Uh, I just know that, um, you know, Nagy's adding a lot of cooks in the kitchen as far as offense is concerned. He definitely does not want the Bears to be predictable like they have been the last couple of years, especially in 2017 on the offensive side of the ball. He definitely wants some creativity and to mix it up so that the Bears give themselves a chance uh, out there. So, um, you know, very much in, in favor of of adding the variety and another guy that Nagy is comfortable with and, and knows very well. He's been with with uh, Childress uh, in Kansas City the last five years. I don't know when he joined Andy Reid again. I don't know if they were in Philadelphia and then went to Kansas City together, but nonetheless they were together uh, in Kansas City. And then finally, the other big news uh, for the last week involving the Bears. Was a rumored trade that the Bears were in discussing, or so the rumor says, uh, which would have allowed them to get their hands on Jarvis Landry, the wide receiver for the uh, Miami Dolphins. Now, Jarvis Landry has has been uh, franchise tagged by the Miami Dolphins, so it would not come cheap as far as the if the Bears just tried to sign him straight up. However, the rumor that the tr- what the trade was. Not a bad trade on paper, you know, not a bad trade on paper until you get down to who the bears were giving up, then it becomes impossible. It it just can't be done. All right. So in this trade, the bears would be, would be giving up Jordan Howard, Uh, no, Jordan Howard and the eighth overall pick. So our first round pick and Jordan Howard go to Miami in return for Jarvis Landry, Miami's first round pick, which is 11. So we swap first round picks and we only drop three spots and we get their third round pick, which is number 73 overall. So we get, we get a top shelf wide receiver. We only drop three spots in the first round and we get the third round pick or a third round pick, which we gave up to get Mitch Trubisky last year. Not a terrible trade as far as what the bears are getting. Not really You know, the whole 8 versus 11 swap, that's not that big a deal uh, to me. It's only three spots. So it's not like we're dropping from 8 to 26 or anything like that. We're only dropping to 11. That part didn't make me flinch. The part that did make me flinch is that the Bears would even entertain the idea of trading Jordan Howard at this juncture. I mean, the guy was running into eight man brick walls for the majority of the season and still finished as in the top five of the NFL in overall rushing this year. So why would you ever want to get rid of that guy? Especially since as a fifth round pick, he costs you close to nothing and you got him for two more years. So no, why would you give up our running game to get a wide receiver that might not work out? It's like, no, I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. I love the chance and the intrigue of getting a guy like Jarvis Landry. If he can repeat what he did this past season, I think like 102 catches for the Dolphins. And, um, you know, with with Matt Moore and Jay Cutler throwing him passes, I would love to see what he could do for Trubisky, you know, being with him from day one in, in the offseason and, uh, and whatever work they can put together there. But, you know, giving up Jordan Howard to do it, in my opinion, is it's just not worth it. Absolutely not worth it. So everyone was asking me on, on Twitter and on Facebook what I thought about it. That's what I think about it. As far as the trade goes, like I said, a big fan of what the Bears would be getting in return. Jarvis Landry, we're only dropping three spots in the first round. We get our third round pick back. That's all awesome. All of it is awesome. Giving up the eighth overall pick, not that big a deal, but losing Jordan Howard, Definitely not worth it. Definitely not worth it. So, I mean, Jordan Howard is, uh, he's our diamond in the rough, man. We found that guy in the fifth round in a year. We thought Jeremy Langford was going to be our guy. I mean, we kept Langford to get rid of Matt Forte and that did not work out, you know, four four games into the, into his rookie year, Jordan Howard shows off, shows us that he's the man and he has been ever since. And it would be a, a, a travesty to, uh, to let him go now. So, I'm against, I'm, I like the trade. I'm against Jordan Howard being a part of it, that's for sure. So that's my two cents on the trade. Now, here we go. We're going to dive into why we're actually here. I uh, put a list of some names uh, together and see who the Bears should be targeting when we head into free agency next Tuesday. You know what's funny about that song is while I was looking for something to play between uh, the segments, um, I, I I immediately went to that song. I just uh, purchased it online a few days ago, no, a couple weeks ago. I've had it for a little while, but I've heard the song for years. I never, never knew who did it. That's why I never picked it up. And I was online at this, uh, this MP3 site that I go to. And uh, it was part of one of those, you know, now that's music 651 or whatever they're up to. These days, so I was just going through, you know, whatever the list was, and here and I was like, oh, I've always liked this song. I'm gonna go ahead and pick it up. It's called Hall of Fame, and if it hadn't been for that song, I would have forgotten to talk about Erlacher getting into the Hall of Fame, because <laughs> I had my rundown all typed out and ready to go, and I was like, oh, what am I gonna play in, in between the segments and everything? Oh, I like this song. i I'll, I'll put this one together, and as soon as it said "Sitting in the Hall of Fame," I was like. Oh, hell, I forgot. That. I forgot. How can I forget Erlacher? It's like the biggest thing that happened for the Bears in the offseason. One of the best players of all time <laughs> getting inducted in the first Ballot Hall of Famer that, uh, you know, I would have done this show and completely forgotten about it had I not decided that was going to be the song. So bear up to that song for helping me not for helping me not forget Brian Erlacher made it into the Hall of Fame to share my thoughts Uh, on the show, super pumped that he's going in and, uh, would love nothing more than to be able to be there, uh, in Canton in August when he gets inducted, that will be, that would be a dream come true. I was too young to go for sweetness. Um, never got a chance to go for, for dent or, uh, um, Hampton. Hampton was my guy back in the day. Um, you know, I love Dan Hampton. He was always one of my favorite players, you know, like I said, too young for sweetness, Um, I was, uh, couldn't make it for Singletary, but, uh, Dent and, um, and, um, and, and Dan Hampton, those were the big two that I missed, but, uh, you know, Urlacher, you know, I turned 40 on Thursday, March the 8th is my birthday. I turned 40 this year. Urlacher turns 40 in May, I believe. So it's just like one of me, one of us, you know, one of my graduating classes going to the hall of fame. And, you know, it, it, it feels more personal than it ever has uh, before. So it's like that's one of those things because it feels so personal. I don't want to miss it. So I'm, uh, I'm going to be making an effort to try to get myself out there uh, for that. And, um, you know, looking forward to it if I can make it out there. So anyway, free agency starts on Tuesday. Salary cap went up, I think, like another eight million dollars, to like one hundred and seventy seven million. Now, it's a lot of freaking money, man. But um, the Bears are rumored to have about $80 million going into the free agents period. Could be adding to it because train wrecks like Marcus Cooper and Marcus Wheaton are still on the roster for some reason, uh, even though they were unmitigated disasters um, that the Bears signed in free agency last year. Now, before we get into the Bears and who, their targets or possible targets or people that I thought were interesting and put them on the list and, and whatnot. It's one thing that I would really like to see this year, and that is some level of aggressiveness from the Bears as far as the free agent market is concerned. And the thing that makes me nervous about it is that on more than one occasion, I have heard Ryan Pace say, That, um, you know, something in, in the, in the, in the, in the regard of having salary cap space is not a, um, license to be reckless and that just reeks of cheap. As far as I'm concerned, I hate to hear him say things like that, because when you hear a guy talk like that and you see what he did in 2017, with no, with virtually no return, you know, I mean, f- rewind it back a couple years when we signed Trevathan, Jarrell Freeman, Akeem Hicks, all for like bottom basement deals. You know, we signed those guys for, for a lot less money than we probably, you know, should have paid them, especially a guy like Freeman, especially Akeem Hicks. We got that guy for two years and $10 million, you know, which is why he's guaranteed like $50 million now with the deal he just signed. Uh, before the start of last season we had to extend him he's a beast I love that guy but you know he didn't he couldn't get lightning in a bottle strike the second time um going out in, instead of getting uh Stefan Gilmore or you know uh, a, a Bouye from from the uh from the Texans or Logan ryan uh, or anything like that we got Marcus Cooper and Prince and Mukamura we got like the the sixth and seventh best option, as opposed to having the money to go get one, two, or three. We didn't go and get any of them, and we paid for it in in regards. You know, when Kyle Fuller ended up working out. We got lucky because of that. Because if we were just relying on Marcus Cooper and Prince Amukamara to be the be the tandem, we were screwed after Marcus. We can, or excuse me, Marcus Cooper, crapped the bed. You know. There wasn't really much of a free agent market in, as far as wide receivers last year, so we were kind of stuck with, with Marcus Wheaton, but, you know, two years, $12 million, and, you know, paying him $6 million last year and, and all the rest of that stuff, we got nothing in return for that one. Um, we need to be aggressive. This is going to be a good market for wide receivers, so we need to go out and get a few and spend some freaking money, for Christ's sake. Go out and spend some money it's there's a difference between between being reckless and taking a risk and uh i'm much more of a fan of taking a risk this year you know to, to see i mean look what happened in los angeles look what happened in philadelphia they took some risks on some players they went out and took a risk on a guy like uh the, the eagles i mean going out and getting Alshon sean jeffrey they went out and they signed Torrey Smith. Those guys were big contributors that helped them win the Super Bowl this year. You know, the the Rams go out and make some trades, get their hands on Sammy Watkins, they got their hands on a couple other guys and added some pieces around uh Jared Goff. Boom. They're a playoff team. You know? It's you you so you, you gotta do it. You know, if you have faith in the guy that's gonna be playing quarterback, you gotta go get him some pieces. And um this is a good free agency period to add some of those pieces around him, including a couple that uh, Matt Nagy is already well familiar with. So we'll just start with um, the wide receivers, and one that's heavily rumored at this point is uh, slot receiver Albert Wilson uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of rumors that he'll be a high big, or he'll be a big target uh, for the Bears to rejoin Matt Nagy and come to Chicago and, and help us, uh, you know, kind of solidify our wide receiver position. Um, Alan Robinson has been, a, there's been a lot of talk about Alan Robinson lately, especially since the Jaguars did not franchise tag him today. So he is going to be a free agent uh, come next Tuesday. And um, it's the 13th Tuesday's the 13th, my mistake um, anyway, but um, you know, Alan Robinson will be a free agent. Hopefully the Bears will go out and get him. The only thing, the only knock against Robinson is that he missed practically the entire 2017 season. Um, He and Kevin White both go down in game one. Obviously that hurt Jaguars more than it hurt the Bears, even though Jacksonville won 11-5 and were uh, one conservative half away from going to the Super Bowl last year. They should have won that game against New England. They are playing not to lose, and that is the cornerstone for losing, especially when Tom Brady's on the other side of the field. Um, but Allen Robinson, expect him to be a big target. Sammy Watkins, I talked about him a minute ago, a um, former like, fourth overall pick, f- originally drafted by Buffalo, traded to the Rams, had a decent season for the Rams, helped contribute and get them to an 11-5 and season, a division title, and their first playoff season in God knows how many years out there and uh, with the Rams. Uh, Marquise Lee, another Jacksonville wide receiver that's going to hit the open market. And John Brown have all kind of been uh, rumored to be targets uh, by the Bears or somebody that at least uh, will get a phone call. Um, One interesting um, name that I saw on the free agency list for running backs, not really a huge area of need for the Bears right now. Maybe we'll sign one to help out on special teams. Maybe we bring Benny Cunningham back. We'll see. But uh, one name that was interesting because of his ties to Kansas City, uh, he is a free agency, is a free agent, a little up there in years, but maybe somebody that uh, Matt Nagy can find a role for in the offense, uh, you know, maybe in a third down situation or something like that. Jamal Charles used to be a stud in Kansas City, uh, uh, had an injury here, an injury there, kind of, you know, Forced out uh, of the Chiefs, went to Denver. Didn't have that great of a year. Is hitting the free agency market. He's getting up there in years, but maybe if he was a a situational guy coming off the bench, playing with a guy like Matt Nagy, who he's who he knows very well, maybe that could be interesting. And it sure as hell is not going to cost us a lot of money. I wouldn't think maybe a veteran minimum, maybe a little bit extra. You know, not going to be a big deal. Sign him to a one year contract and you know, see what happens with Jamal Charles and, uh, could be interesting. Who knows? And if nothing else, he can, he can share wisdom with Jordan Howard and, and, uh, to Cohen, who have a combined three seasons of NFL experience between the two of them. So, uh, Jamal Charles has been around a lot longer than that and could share some valuable things or at the very least help them kind of soak up the offense uh, that Matt Nagy is going to be showing everyone. Um, other interesting names have been rumored with the Bears, maybe some possible targets at tight end position. Dion Sims, still on the team for now, still rumored that the Bears might cut bait to save themselves about $6 million against the cap this year. Um, but Jimmy Graham has been an interesting name that's kind of out there, probably the most expensive name on the tight end list uh, in free agency. And another interesting from Philadelphia, the backup, Trey Burton, uh, tight end from uh, Philadelphia, made some catches uh, in the playoffs, helped the, uh, the Eagles win a Super Bowl this past season. You know, maybe could be a good complimentary guy with Adam Shaheen. Interested to see what the Bears are going to do with Shaheen, with uh, with Nagy at the helm. Um, you know, can he turn Adam Shaheen into the next Travis Kelsey? Wouldn't that be something? And then get a guy like Trey Burton to uh, to bookend him. That would be pretty cool. Um, on the quarterback side of things, like it or not. The Bears do need a backup quarterback. There's been some quote-unquote interest in bringing Mart Sanchez back. He was more of a coach than anything else last year. Um, I don't. I certainly wouldn't want him being the primary backup. I don't want us having to lean on him. God forbid, Trubisky goes down. And if anything, and if Philadelphia taught us anything this year, is that it's super important to take care uh, of that position. So a guy like Chase Daniel um, should be high on the Bears' list. He has ties to Kansas City. Should know Matt Nagy uh, from his time there. Uh, I think he was in New Orleans this past season, backing up Drew Brees. So he's definitely familiar with backing up some of the best uh, in the NFL. And uh, Josh McCown, because why not? You know what I'm saying? I mean, he may be able to, to, to you know, to, 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 to. Um, Tag on somewhere else and and uh, you know get a starting job for a year someplace random, or he can come back for his third and final stint in Chicago and help Mike you know Mitch Trubisky uh, you know carry along and uh, and watch on, and then another name I thought might be interesting I doubt he would want to take a backup job on the, on a long term basis but uh, wouldn't it be fun if the Bears signed Brady, Teddy Bridgewater? Why not? You know, he's young he's got a lot to prove god forbid trubisky goes down hopefully that doesn't happen but you know here's teddy bridgewater's chance he signed a one-year deal to be a backup to the bears and trubisky goes down and, Trubis- and bridgewater goes out there you know he's two years removed from that horrific knee injury he's ready to go didn't get his chance last year case keenum sam bradford taking the vikings all the way to the nfc championship game teddy bridgewater got something to prove Why not? You know, why not? So maybe that's something that probably won't happen, but interesting, kind of like the Jamal Charles thing. Wouldn't that be interesting? And then uh, moving on to the defensive side, the Bears are in dire need, no pun intended, of uh, pass rushers. Um, Not a lot of sexy names uh, on the list, or at least nothing that would be a retread for the Bears. There were guys like David Bass, if you guys remember him. He he played well uh, for the Titans, so maybe the Bears look at maybe bringing him back he was playing in a three four uh down there a guy like connor barwin who had a hell of a year for the for the rams uh this season uh alex okafor another good pass rusher uh for the saints this past year uh jerry atashu i believe is how you pronounce his name from the chargers now i didn't really know who that was i was doing some research found out that he did very well uh in spot duty for the uh for the chargers um you know, kind of sounds like a guy like Pernell McPhee as far as this is a guy that was, you know, good for about seven sacks in, you know, on like third downs or coming in to relieve a guy like when Elvis Dumerville and, um, and Terrell Suggs were in Baltimore together. McPhee was the one coming off the bench with fresh legs, getting around the edge and getting himself seven, eight sacks a year and ended up getting some big money from the Bears. I wonder if this is another guy that with guys like Joey Bosa and, and whatnot out there and, and with the Chargers and every now and then those guys need a breather and here he comes with his fresh legs coming around the edge and boom, he's uh, you know running past the tackle who's had to go 60 downs against Bosa and company and this guy just blows right by him for a big sack you know, in the game. So I haven't seen him play, but listening to the role that he played with the Chargers, he sounds like Pernell McPhee, 2.0, minus the knee injuries because I didn't read anything about him having any trouble with uh, with injuries. So maybe he is worth a look. Who knows? But that was a name that I thought was interesting, looking at the names that were available. As far as our, our defensive lineman, Mitch Unrine is going to be a free agent, probably be the cheapest option for the Bears, and he's played well when he was out there. Uh, but the two former Jets, Sheldon Richardson, who spent this year with the, the, the Seahawks, and Muhammad Wilkerson, both going to be free agents this year. And with, say, Wilk- Wilkerson or Richardson on the opposite side of Akeem Hicks with Eddie Goldman busting chops in the middle. Tell me that wouldn't send a shiver down your spine if any for NFL quarterbacks coming ahead. And um, finally, with, uh, with cornerbacks still being a concern, the two biggest names on the list that were intriguing to me, Tremaine Johnson um, for the Rams, but he's rumored to be staying in California, either with the 49ers or the Raiders. So he's wanting to go back to the Bay Area, uh, I suppose. The other name that's interesting, Malcolm Butler, the cornerback for the uh, New England Patriots, who was uh, unceremoniously benched for the Super Bowl, and no one has really been able to say why. There have been rumors about he was sick or he missed team meetings or. Uh, he smelled like marijuana at a meeting or something like that. All of which Malcolm Butler denies. Uh, some teammates saying some of them saying they didn't know until the day of the game. Some saying they knew all week he wasn't playing. So who, who really knows what happened? All we know is Malcolm Butler did not play. He was one of their best players all year long. And uh, the, the uh, Eagles passed for a hell of a lot of yards. And their backup quarterback, Nick Folk, was the MVP of the Super Bowl. When they lost, so makes you wonder what was really going on out there. We may never know, but uh, Malcolm Butler is an intriguing prospect. He is going to get a lot of attention on the market. So I know it just kind of blew through that, but um, you know that was uh, that was the list that I was able to put together. I mean, I I went online and I looked at the the names of the of the free agents and who was unrestricted and. Uh, and whatnot and not a lot of sexy names popping out at me so it's just uh you know the menu wasn't as uh as uh, as big as i was thinking it might be or the names might jump out at me here or when i look at them you know letting go of a guy like Sitton, who was only going to be 31 years old which is not old for an offensive lineman uh, it might be for a running back or a wide receiver but not for an offensive lineman looking at some of the other names like for pass rushers and wide receivers and stuff A lot of guys in their late twenties and early thirties, especially those that are being uh, that are hitting the open market as uh, as corners uh, and such. So the Bears, if the Bears are going trying to go younger, because with Sinton being let go, um, Kyle Long is now the oldest player on the team at 29, and uh, you know, so why would we entertain a 31 year old cornerback or a 32 year old safety or anything like that? So. Um, So there, there were some things that I was eliminating and, you know, and whatnot. I know Jamal Charles is in his thirties now, but he'd be playing a, you know, specific role in the offense. He's not coming in here to get 20 carries for, you know, 20 carries and trying to get us a buck 20 on the ground uh, every week. That's Jordan Howard's job. And, you know, being the, being the fiery, you know, screen pass guy, that's uh, that's Tariq Cohen. We would just need him to be that, uh, you know, maybe that draw, that guy that gets us the draw on third and 13 or something like that. And, you know, he have a specific role in the offense and his relationship to Matt Nagy makes him interesting. So maybe that's something that could possibly happen for the bears. And, uh, Jamal Charles is, uh, you know, he's no Benny Cunningham. (laughs) So let's just put it that way. But, um, you know, there really wasn't a whole lot to choose from. And also keeping in mind that, um, the draft is probably going to be more important for the Bears than the free agency period uh, will be. So, um, you know, we'll try to get our good friend Scott Wright back on the show to talk about the this all-important draft class because we can ignore the Bears' need for a quarterback this time around because it's non-existent. We can look at, you know, what the quarterbacks in the class and, you know, how, you know, who would the Bears be able to get their hands on you know, if people start making moves for quarterbacks. So remember last year, the thing that made those mock drafts so unpredictable and all over the place was that no one could really agree who what quarterbacks were going to go win and to who and, and all the rest of that stuff. And it's, uh, you know, there are at, at rumor to be anywhere from four to six quarterbacks that can be taken in the first round this year. And if it happens like it did last year, where all the top guys were gone before the 12th pick when uh, Houston traded up to get uh, Deshaun Watson, who's, you know, if if somebody moves up and, you know, tries to get one of those quarterbacks or moves into a spot where maybe a defensive end like Bradley Chubb from North Carolina State was supposed to go, who's going to be falling to the Bears at eight if people are maybe jumping up in the draft to get their quarterbacks? and making those moves and, and whatnot. So that's going to be an interesting conversation to have with Scott when the time comes. So looking forward to doing that. But before we do, um, give us a couple of weeks, maybe three at the most to see what kind of gets going with the free agency period, who the bears are signing, how active and everything everyone is being. And, um, we'll come back in a few weeks to, uh, to talk about will we be we celebrating will we be pouting, pissing and moaning and and what have you. Will we be trying to put a positive spin on some of these guys? Maybe we can get our friend Lauren Cox to come back and, and help us analyze uh, for the free agency review. So we'll uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed and, and see about uh, doing that. So keep up with me on on Facebook with the, the Facebook group. Just search Chicago Bears review on Facebook and you'll come right up. Make sure to like and join the the group and follow me on face or excuse me on Twitter at shy bears review, C H I bears review and join in the conversation. And also to keep up on when the next uh, episode is going to be coming out when we review the free agent period. So um, I think that's going to do it for me. Uh, so happy to be back and get 2018 underway. Looking forward to a lot more talk about the bears and football as the draft gets closer and free agency and, and whatnot as this roster gets shaped in Matt Nagy's image what will the team look like a few weeks from now what key additions will we have and what doors will that open for the draft so until then my name is Larry D and this has been the Chicago Bears Review Hear that? That's the sound of change being cooked up in our schools. Each day, school food professionals throughout California are working to make better meals for our kids, one tray at a time. These meal planning, sauce stirring, taste bud training professionals are making food for students from kindergarten to high school using fresher ingredients and flavors kids love. The secret ingredient to better school food in California? The dedicated professionals are improving it every day. Learn more about how they're cooking up change at schoolfoodpros.org. Grant provided by California Community College's Chancellor's Office.